What's up, guys? It's so good to be back recording. I have missed this so much. On this week's episode, I get to talk to a new friend, Amanda Kick, about her South African adoption. I just started following Amanda on Instagram when I saw her adoption posts that were so beautiful and wonderfully worded. I don't know very many people who have adopted from South Africa recently, so I asked Amanda if I could interview her just to hear her story of adopting her sweet little boy, Ben, from South Africa this year. But before we get into the episode, I have to apologize that it's been so long since the last episode. I have a couple explanations for that. One is that my work has recently changed, and that has taken a lot more of my time. And the more exciting explanation is that we are adopting again. We have just started a second adoption with India. We are planning to adopt a little girl, and we are at the tail end of our home study right now. And as you all know too well, um, how you know how time-consuming that paperwork can be. So that's been keeping me really busy the last couple months. Um, and I also want to say if you are also adopting from India or have adopted recently from there, I would love to connect with you and hear your story and learn from you. You can email me at adoptionhacksinfo at gmail.com or find me on social media at Candace Laycock, K-A-N-D-A-C-E-L-E-C-O-C-Q. So anyway, that's where I've been and that's why there's been a little gap in between episodes. The episodes will probably be a little more spaced out because of those things for a while, but Adoption Hacks is still going strong, and a huge welcome to all the new listeners we've gained in the last month. Alright, enough of that. Let's get to the episode. Alright, welcome Amanda to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is so exciting for me. Most of the time when I interview people, I have uh, I have a friendship with them, and so I kind of know the answers to the questions, but I just uh, got to know you through your Instagram and following your adoption story, so I get to hear your story, though, for the first time today, so I'm super excited about that. Hey, I'm excited to share it. Uh, so what brought you um, to adoption? So I have previously been on six trips to Africa Um, and kind of working some with orphan care, some um, just like general mission trips. And so um, through that and seeing the orphan crisis up close and seeing it internationally, I just knew like even from middle school age that this is definitely something that I was going to do. And it was kind of like non-negotiable when I started dating and chose my spouse. So And what about your husband? Was it something that he thought of for the first time when you guys were together or was it on his heart before? Yeah, so he actually, um, his uh, aunt and uncle are both adopted, and then he has an adopted cousin, and so he wasn't necessarily as like gung-ho as I was, but he was definitely open to it. So that's something we talked about on our first date, was like, hey, I really like you, but this is really weird. Um, I only want to adopt, and so you know, I don't want you to accidentally fall in love with me if you're not for that. So he was like, yeah, that's fine. I have a lot of adoption in my family, and so he was kind of just really easily on board. That's cool. I love that you just right out of the gate. <laughs> right <Yeah. out. laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. So what, uh, what brought you to South African adoption? Yeah. So it's kind of two part is a little, I would say like a little practical and a little heart. Um, the heart behind it obviously is, you know, being, um, having already been to Africa six times before I, obviously I love that continent. Um, and 
the countries that I did get to visit were just so beautiful. Um, and so when we were picking a country, we kind of like overanalyzed it. And then finally a friend was like, just go where you love the people. Like, don't overthink it. There's kids everywhere that need families. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then the practical side is when we first um, started our adoption process, we had only been married um, not even a year. And so a lot of countries disqualified us for either our age or our length of marriage. And so luckily, South Africa, you could turn in a home study after 18 months of marriage. So we kind of knew we could take our time working on our paperwork and then submit it like the day our marriage hit 18 months. So it was a little of both. And were you looking for a specific age or special need or were you open to anything? Um, I would say when we first started, we kind of were like so naive. We had no idea what like the needs were of children. And so we were just like, oh, we're open to a sibling set of zero to four years and we felt like we were like super open. We're like, we would take a child with HIV. We would take a child with like a cleft lip or palate. Um, and it wasn't until we were like, you know, knee deep into the process that we realized that South Africa is a almost strictly, at least for the U.S., almost strictly a special needs program. Um, and so the kids that they're referring out are usually either older and healthier, like older being like six, seven, eight and above. Um, or like younger, but like very severe special needs. Um, and so as we started, um, we ended up changing our openness form several times, uh, just to become more and more and more open, oh, Okay, just to fit the needs of the kids that they were referring at that mm-hmm. time. So walk us through a little bit of your process in the timeline. Um, how long, how long from home study to referral? Yeah, so I'll just kind of give you a rundown of our timeline. We started the program in May of 2016. um, And like I said earlier, uh, we couldn't submit our home study until we had been married 18 months, which was February of 2017. So that kind of gave us a really long time to take our time with the home study and um, all of our visits with our social worker. And so we were ready to go, and she submitted that February 1st. And then from there, we obviously did our USCIS approval, uh, and our dossier was mailed to country in May of 2017. Um, And South Africa's program, I don't know how it compares to others, but the wait for referral can be like excruciatingly long. They estimate that um, from dossier to country is 18 to 30 months. And so for us, when we did submit our dossier, we were already a year into the program, um, but we weren't like even a day into our wait, if that makes sense. Yep. So we were kind of like, oh, I'm going to be here forever. Um, but the wait is really dependent on how open you are. And so a lot of families are um, who are only open to kids who are like three and under and their only special need that they will consider if it's like, well, we'll only take HIV. They're the ones who are usually waiting like up to 30 months. Um, and then families who are more open um, to, you know, more complex needs usually – can get a referral pretty quickly or can be matched with a child on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on July 20th, uh, we, I was laying in bed. It was really late at night and I saw, uh, I just was flipping through the waiting children's list. Like I did, I think every night before bed, <laughs> um, just like, is my child there? Yeah. And they had updated the profile of a little boy and his like pseudo name was Cody. 
and he had been on there since early March. So I'd seen him before, but um, the day he got added, Corey texted me at work and was like, hey, did you see the new kiddo that they added on the waiting list today? He's really cute. And I was like, yeah, but he has cerebral palsy. Like, we're not open to that. That's really scary. Um, and then didn't really think anything about it. And then they added this video as an update to his profile and it showed him just like walking across the room, throwing away a little yogurt cup. And it was like in that moment it just clicked. And I was like, wait, oh my gosh, like, why is this kid walking? We clearly had not done enough research on cerebral palsy because we had no idea that kids could walk, which is like kind of embarrassing now because you fill out this whole openness form and we're like, how are we so misinformed? Like what Google site were we using that clearly wasn't good? (laughs) So I woke Corey up and I'm like, look at this little kid. He's like walking and he's doing a puzzle. And um, it said he had like um, extreme hearing loss because considered deaf. And so by the next morning we had already emailed the agency asking for his file um, and they gave it to us on that Friday. And by Monday we were set. Wow. Um, and so we just had to kind of go through, um, they really encourage you to obviously, you know, share those files with the doctor. And so we did that and we kind of already had our minds made up. We were like, honestly, there's nothing this doctor that could say that would scare us from this little boy. Like we truly believe he's going to be our son. Um, and so we wrote our letter to the agency and they matched us in August and we received our referral in September. And from there, we just had to wait for our court date, um, which is like the last big thing you wait for in the South Africa program. Um, and they closed down for the whole month of December. So we kind of got pushed to January. And so we left to meet Ben on January 8th and then flew home with him to the U S on February 22nd. Wow. Freshly home. Yeah. So that's a six-week stay in country. Okay. Yes, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a whirlwind. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, how old was, was he at that time? At the time that we saw his uh, video, mm-hmm. he was five. We didn't realize. We didn't know his birthday. So he was about to turn six in a couple of days. Okay. Yeah. And how much information was on the waiting website or included in the referral? Sure. So on the waiting children's list, it's very generic. You don't have the child's name. You don't have their birthday. Um, And it'll just tell you like generic special needs, like fine motor delays or, you know, hearing loss or visual impairment, um, like club limbs, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And then when you get your referral paperwork, that's when you get like everything, every, everything they have, like medical information in South Africa, from what I know from talking to other adoptive families is really incredible in terms of what information they have to give the family. Um, Outside of Ben's birth parents, which we don't know anything about, we were able to give like doctors everything from like his APGAR score to um, his weight um, consistently throughout his life and his height consistently. Anytime he like went to the doctor, they recorded all of that. And so I don't know if that's specific to the children's home that Ben came from, which was an incredible home, Mm -hmm. or if that's just South Africa. But I do know talking to other families, they are always very surprised at how much information we had on him. Yeah, that's really awesome. 
Real quick, I want to take a break and tell you about Audible. Audible has a huge selection of audiobooks. Right now, I'm listening to No Drama Discipline by Dr. Dan Siegel, the same author who wrote The Whole Brain Child. It's been really helpful to me, and I love getting to learn while I'm driving or doing laundry or whatever. It makes me feel very efficient with my time. If you use the Adoption Hacks code, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day Audible trial, cancel at any time, and still keep that book forever. To redeem this code, go to audibletrial.com forward slash adoption hacks. audibletrial.com slash adoption hacks. All right, back to the interview. So what was it like meeting your son? Oh, uh, man. Meeting Ben was the most perfect day. Um, honestly, it could not have gone better than it did. Um, obviously our social worker and our agency prepared us that, you know, um, he might not like us. He may be afraid all the typical adoption things. And so we were very prepared for like total rejection, total denial, tears, kicking, screaming. We were ready. Um, or at least we thought we were ready. (laughs) And, um, when we went into his home, uh, we met with the director first before they would let us meet him. So of course I'm like looking around my you know shoulder every step, like, is he going to like pop out? Like I wanted it to be this really beautiful moment. I didn't want it to like spring up on me. And so, um, they were like, do you have any questions? And the only question we had was like, does he even know who we are? Like, does he even know we're coming? Cause we had sent a book the month before of our pictures and they had, been signing to him, trying to teach him the sign for mom and dad. And of course, an orphan, like he, with no language, he has no idea what a mom is. He has no idea what a dad is. And so he may point to our picture and sign it. Like, but we were like, does he even know we're coming for him? And so they were like, honestly, we have no idea. So we said, okay, here we go. Um, And so we walked into his classroom. He took like maybe 20 seconds and just kind of stared at us. And he was with his deaf mentor uh, and then he just immediately got up and ran to Corey, put his arms up and was like the, like, you know, what you would picture in like a cheesy lifetime movie, you know, <laughs> we're both just crying. And I was like, okay, give me, give me, give me, I want to hold him. <laughs> and so, yeah, he took to us really well. And, um, I'm not sure, like we haven't seen any signs of grief from his children's home, which I, I know we're not out of that window yet. Like it could come, but he, the, I would just say his home did a really good job preparing him, like looking through that book every single day, um, because there was only one other child from that home ever adopted. So it's not even like he had a, like a place of reference. Like he didn't see kids come and go. He didn't see like mommies and daddies come pick up his friends. So this was like only the second time this has ever happened. And so, yeah, he just said he did really well. Yeah. That's really incredible. Yeah. Um, now just, uh, I'm just wondering about like his signing experience. You said he had a a mentor there, so he did know some signs. Yeah. So in the last year they brought in a deaf mentor, um, from like a deaf school nearby and were able to start teaching him some African signs. Cool. And so we actually have kept a lot of those signs. Um, we're not replacing them because, one, it's too hard to like, with a limited language, he has like, okay, if you know your color is an African sign and I know what they are, then I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he still like refers to us as mom and dad in African sign language. And so he's just learning like basic things like, you know, thank you, please help me, you know, how to use the toilet, things like that. 
and then from since he's been home we've just been introducing new signs to him whenever we need them so we'll just be like I mean we took a we took a sign language class once we had his match and we were waiting for his referral um and so we just learned as many signs as we could and so now with Ben when he you know he's like pointing to grapes we're like oh we should probably teach him the sign for grapes and so we'll just teach him he picks it up really quickly um the only issues we have is with his CP is his hands just don't work like the rest of us and so there's just a ton of signs that he can't do so we're modifying a lot and so it's kind of weird because we'll basically are making up our own little family language and so like you know getting a babysitter the next year will be like impossible because like who's gonna know what he's saying (laughs) except for us so we just do the ones that he can do um and then modify the rest okay and had you guys learned african signs before too we didn't we like i was able to message the his teacher before we went um, when I found out that there was a such thing as African Sign Language, I was like, wait, we've been learning American Sign Language. Hold up. Like, can you send us some videos? Like, I just wanted the basics. So she yeah. just, like, basically texted me some videos of, like, this is what these words are. And I think we knew, like, 15 words. But it was amazing how easy it was to really, you like, in the deaf culture, context is huge. And so... Mm-hmm. We learned tons of stuff of what he was saying. Like, he taught us, like, all the animals just from going to the zoo, basically, and seeing, like, oh, okay, so this is African sign for a cow because that's what Ben's doing when he sees a cow. So we just learned that way, too. Yeah. Okay, what was your experience like in South Africa with the South African court system and and everything like that? Uh, We loved our time in South Africa. If there's anywhere that you're going to be for six weeks during (laughs) Ohio's winter, it is African summer. So we, um, yeah, we were fortunate. Our agency, uh, so we work with Bethany here on the U.S. side, and they partner with the organization called Wandisa. Um, That word means to add to the family. Um, and these people are amazing. They take so much time uh, to get to know these kids and get to know the families. That's why a match from Wandisa can take like one to two months. So even after they have your dossier and they know all about you, even when you request to be matched with a specific child, they take it very seriously. And so we just loved like getting to know them and how much care they took with like our paperwork. I mean, it was like we showed up to our court date in January and they had like this massive binder of papers that they just had everything prepared. So when we went in, our judge, you know, would ask a few questions and he had the paperwork ahead of time. And so he would, he would ask like, you know, where is the, you know, potential mother's like birth certificate? And they'd be like, Oh, it's right here. Page 271 flip to it. Um, and so we just were in really good hands. They were very professional. They knew exactly what they were doing. Um, and we just got to meet a lot of cool people. Like the agency invited us to their home church where a lot of the staff members go. So we kind of had like a home base for those six weeks of just some normalcy. Like, okay. And they let Corey play on the worship team a couple weekends, which was crazy. Yes. <laughs> so it was That's like, cool. felt like we were at home. I would drop him off at worship practice and be like, okay, see you in a couple hours. <laughs> so, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. And the court was not scary at all. It was just you kind of knew ahead of time, like, okay, they already have your paperwork. They're going to approve this adoption. They wouldn't drag you all this way and schedule a court date if they weren't. So it's more of just like a formality. You're just signing a couple papers and saying, 
like, yes, I understand what this adoption means. And yes, I know it's forever. What is, what is the purpose though of the six weeks in country? What all do you do during that time? Yeah. So, uh, Wandisa, our agency, like I said, they really care for these kids. And so they require a one to two week bonding period. And so they do it based on each child. So they'll kind of just say like, they'll tell you, okay, you can fly out on this day a week before your court date or two weeks before. Um, they gave us an option of like, you know, we could come like eight days or like however many days out. And so we obviously booked the first flight on the day that we could come. So we came like 15 days early because we couldn't wait any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the first two weeks are just bonding with your child and they'll give you like increasing increments of time with them. So the first day they tell you not to like plan to spend all day with your child, maybe like one or two hours. Um, mm-hmm. But because Ben did so well with us, they actually let us stay all day, which was amazing, but we were mm-hmm. very unprepared. So we like didn't bring snacks and didn't like fill our water bottles and we got sunburned because we were just like, okay, we're going to meet Ben. We'll spend an hour. We'll go back to our guest house. And then it was like four in the afternoon. We're like, I'm so hungry and thirsty in summer, (laughs) but it was so worth it. And, And then from there you fly to Cape Town, no matter where you are in the country, you have to go to Cape Town. Um, and you spend those last four weeks, just you do your, um, immigration medical appointment and you do your, you apply for the passport. And then once you get the passport in, then you can fly back to Johannesburg for your visa appointment. So mm-hmm. we, because Ben was in Johannesburg, we did two weeks in Johannesburg, then three weeks in Cape Town, and then the rest of the time in back in Johannesburg. I, I like that they do the increasing amounts of time. I bet that really helps with transition. Yeah, it's, I mean, for Ben, it was not so bad. And so we, like I said, we had that first day with him. And then I think we had five days with him before. And it's all in the hands of whoever their caregiver is. They decide based on, because they know your child better than you. So she decided after five days, like, okay, he's doing fine. Like he's bored here with us. He obviously wants to be with you, which was really affirming Mm -hmm. to hear. So we were able to take him back to our guest house, which was nice because it was like a one minute drive. So if he, we did have any like emergency situations, we could just drive him back over and get help from them. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they just really kind of pace it out. It's led by the child so that that way that child has a good transition. And a lot of families that I know of have said it's just been really helpful for their child. Yeah, I'm sure. To be in a place where they're with people they're familiar with and in a place they're familiar with, but right. getting to bond with their parents, that's that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, what was the children's home like? So I would say it was the best case scenario that I could choose for my child in lieu of like, obviously any adoptive mom would say, if I could go back and scoop you up at birth, I would. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, if I had to pick a place for him to be for those six years, like, it was a huge blessing. Um, his home was specifically for kids with disabilities. And so they take in kids um, uh, just any age. So he was in a uh, baby home for the first two years, and he kind of aged out of that baby home because he wasn't adopted in that time. And so he went to this children's home for disabilities. It's called Kangaroo. And they are just really equipped for his special needs. And so um, he wasn't like he was being taught on his level and cared for, you know, in a way that he needed. And so they already had like 
therapeutic bruises for his legs to help him walk better um, and just like taking good care of him. He falls a ton, <laughs> like he falls a lot. And so just seeing the way that they care for him, like when he does fall, like the way that it like, like even hurts my heart when he falls down the same way it does them. They're like, oh, sorry. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it's a really small home. There's only like 20 some children, um, just really fresh and clean, not at all at all like any of the orphanages I'd ever been to in Africa is very much the opposite. So it was mm, good. It's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, what have things been like since you've been home? Since we've been home, um, adjusting obviously to life as first time parents is huge. I think we're learning, um, to say no to a lot of things so that we can say yes to Ben. And so, because we're both working full time, our time with Ben is just really precious to us. And so, you know, we aren't doing as many things as we used to. Um, and like little things are adjusting. Like we can't take Ben to like children's church in the back because like, like I said, who knows his super minimal language that's like 50% African sign and 50% American sign like you know and obviously like his cerebral palsy and how he falls a lot just things like that we're learning how to kind of let go and um be like let other people care for him we're just not there yet um yeah and just a lot of doctor visits we're adjusting to that as well we felt like the doctor visits has been the absolute hardest part of being mm-hmm. home. Um, we went to our, like our local children's hospital when we first got home and kind of just trusted them that like, okay, you have a special adoption clinic. You obviously understand like adopted children. You would know like what he needs. And so we just got like piled on appointments after appointments. Like my phone was ringing constantly. They would call and say, we have a referral. We'd like Ben to see this department you know, schedule the appointment. And then after a while, we just started realizing like, we're going to a ton of appointments and we're getting a ton of medical bills. Uh, Very scary. Like, okay, whoa, medical bills. Whoa, stop, stop checking the mail. (laughs) And we're not seeing any results. So a lot of the visits were just like talking, like we're telling the same story and over, over and over again, like a lot of like, let's check his weight, let's check his height. And then you talk to us, mom and dad, like, what are you seeing? Um, and so we really had to learn the hard way that we had to advocate for him and for us of like, we're not bad parents because we're saying no to medical visits. And so we actually canceled a lot of future appointments just because we were just frustrated that they, you know, we felt like they wanted him to be like scrutinized under a, a microscope. But what we wanted for him is like practical things. Like we want to go to the appointments that will help us understand his hearing. And we want to do physical therapy that will help him with his walking and his you know, his hand motions and things like that. And they were wanting to do like, let's just scan his brain to see if we find anything. And I'm like, no. And so we learned learned that with child number two, we'll definitely approach the medical field completely differently. And I know they had his best interests at heart. It's just, we had to learn like, okay, this isn't what's best for Ben right now. And it's not best for us, like with our time or our finances, like, if it's necessary, then we'll do it. But we want to focus on those practical things like therapies. So. Right. Yeah. And I know they they think they, you know, know what is best for the kid. And they just want to learn everything about the child. But 
you right. don't have to do that all in the first year. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it's awesome to hear that he's like adjusting to you guys so well and um, picking yeah, up it's, picking up language, and that's really incredible. Yeah, it's kind of like not hard to relate to other families, but you have to. I feel like I have to be careful what I say because I am close to so many other families who have had more of like a traditional like bonding experience with you know, like really hard behaviors and like parents are like really in the thick of it. And so we're kind of like in this honeymoon phase. So when people are like, Oh, like, can we bring you a meal? Like, how are you? I'm like, honestly, like things are going really well. Like he's sleeping yeah. through the night. Um, he, awesome. you know, he runs to us when he gets a boo-boo. Like, I think I kiss him like 800 times a day. <laughs> he's like, puts his finger out, puts his head out. I'm like, buddy, like you barely bumped it but we're gonna work on attachment so I'm gonna kiss your head anyway so do you prefer one of you over the other or was it just always both um, of you is cool it's, with yeah it's kind of weird because we prepared ourselves for that and I told Corey like with the books that we read I was like okay it says here that your child will generally prefer one of you and I was like your job is to make sure that Ben prefers me because <laughs> I can't <laughs> handle it if he prefers you uh, and that's just kind of like a glimpse into my relationship with my husband he's just like okay you got it um, but Ben really seemed to bond to both of us really evenly um, but like he would go to us for different things which is really weird like you know like he would always ask like me to you know like fill his water bottle but he'd always ask Corey to like brush his teeth and then like he'd That's always funny. ask me to like wipe his butt and so I'd always be like Ben go ask dad like I'm signing all this stuff behind Corey's back like go ask your dad and so it's just funny how he's like associates different things with each of us like you know he'll like when he gets tired he'll sign for like good night and he usually will come to me for like to put him to bed but so, yeah, it's just interesting how he picks the different things. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of cute, though. Like, he's making yeah. his – he's making your roles for you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's cute. Um, okay. Let me get uh, back to my questions. So, uh, what have you learned in this adoption journey? For, like, adoption in general, what we've learned is that um, – it's okay that the process doesn't look like you think it does. Like I remember when we first like came out and announced that we were adopting to our friends and family, I thought, okay, by this time next year, we're for sure going to have a kid home. Like I just, I saw that 18 to 30 months on that paperwork and I just thought, nah, like there's kids waiting. It's going to go so fast. And it's crazy because in terms of other families in other countries, like our adoption was fast, you know, cause we only waited a year and a half, um, you know, from the time we started to the time we met Ben. Um, mm. but just learning like, you know, what we first thought the process would look like, even in the middle, it changed. Like we thought we're going to get a sibling set that's like zero to three or four. Um, we're going to have them home in a year, like all these different things, like, um, our home is a two-story home, and so when we bought our house, we bought it with the intention of bringing children into it. And so when we bought it, we started painting the upstairs bedrooms for kids' rooms. Like, okay, we'll have a girls' room, a boys' room. We can do bunk beds, all this stuff. And so, you know, then we get Ben home, and it's like, well, 
you cannot do stairs, so you're going to go in the guest bedroom right next to us. Like, so we're just like painting that and, and just how to go back and just the other day I was flipping through our old, like our first home study with our openness form. And it's crazy to see that we had checked no to cerebral palsy and like deafness. And here we are with this kid in our home who's deaf and has cerebral palsy. And so Mm -hmm. just really allowing, um, like the process, like how you just, it changes so much. And I mean, even with Ben, he was on the openness or he was on the waiting children's list in March, but we didn't really notice him until July. And I still can't explain why that I saw him in July, but it was just like that video changed it for us. And so Mm -hmm. you just never know what you think the process is going to be and how it just changes. So, yeah. And I would say, I feel like what else we've learned is that, you know, for us, like in our, in our faith, like we really felt like God told us this is how we would build our family and we did not have $40,000, like not even close. And yet he provided it through our friends and our family and grants. And so we just thought, oh my gosh, we're going to come home with like dirt poor and a mountain of adoption debt. And like, we would have done that. Like we, who knows, maybe adoption number two, we'll have to take out a loan and that's totally okay. But we were just shocked that like the ways that people would support us. It's crazy. Yeah, that's really amazing. I love hearing those stories of people who are just like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but yeah. and, it, and it does. It's just incredible. Yeah. I think we underestimate our communities a lot of times. Yeah, like people, like not everyone can adopt, but they want to help you. People were yeah. just so excited. And even on non-exciting parts of the journey would text me like, how's your home study going? And I'm like... <laughs> Why do you care? Like, well, we got fingerprints today and I'm getting my blood drawn to make sure I don't have any health issues. Like things like that. People just were so excited and they wanted to give. Um, And do you have any words of advice for people considering international adoption or even specifically South African adoption? Yeah. um, I would say don't let special needs scare you. I never thought I would be a special needs parent. Um, Even now, like, I don't feel that different. Like, I really don't see Ben's disabilities. And I don't notice them until I have to see other people notice him. Like, when people stop us in line and try to talk to him, and then I have to answer for him. I'm like, oh, actually, he's deaf. Or, oh, we don't know if he's deaf. We're still waiting to hear back from his hearing test. But, um And so don't let special needs scare you, like just start the process. And I really think you will be equipped for your child, even if you don't know it at the beginning of the process, like you will end up with everything that you need. Um, And then I would say that you, you have to advocate for your kid. Like I was saying earlier about the doctor's offices and just like with your friends and family of like educating them of, Hey, like, we don't want you to pick Ben up. We don't want you to feed him. Like we want to work on that, um, that bonding. And like people would really pressure us like, Oh, we want to watch him. We want to babysit him. Like you guys need time away. And we're like, no, we don't want time away. Like we want time with him. 
Um, and just being, being willing to like step away from things for a season. Like, you know, we're not in our small group at church, but we're still like connected with those people. But just saying like, you know, right now for this season, like our highest priority is our son and not being ashamed of that or scared of it in any way. Just saying, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And then I would say too, for people considering South Africa or listening, like do not be scared of the 18 to 30 months. Like that does sound very scary, but that's not every family like if you're listening and you're like you know what like cerebral palsy is not scary it's um for us what it looks like practically is that he needs help going down the stairs and up the stairs and we had to like modify our toilet a little bit to give him like to give him the independence to scooch himself up on it and he wears orthotics under his clothes to help his joints um but other than that like and he needs help, like anything, it's kind of just like, you wouldn't hand a gallon of milk to a toddler to pour it. So that's kind of how we do with our six-year-old, like where you have to help him. And so mm-hmm. don't be scared by those timelines and things like that. Like there are kids out there waiting. Um, and so just, yeah, don't be scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. This was so interesting to learn. Um, I really didn't know a lot about South African adoption, and it was just really cool to hear your story and your perspectives on things. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. If you want to follow along with Amanda's story, check her out on Instagram at Vishkick, B-I-S-H-K-I-C-K. And as always, thanks for listening and have a great week.